This is When Spirit Calls, and you on your journey are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. Hello, we're coming back at you with another episode of When Spirit Calls. And I am particularly excited about our guest today because I have some family members who have diabetes. So let me tell you all about Dr. Jelena Shaw. Dr. Jelena Shaw is a clinical pharmacist and holistic diabetes health coach for people with type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes, and she has over 15 years of healthcare experience. Jelena approaches diabetes differently. Not only does she address the medications and the health risks associated with diabetes, but she also focuses on the root causes by attending to the emotional and mental aspects of the disease. She has helped hundreds of patients sustain lower blood sugar levels, lose weight, and take fewer medications so they can live their happiest, healthiest lives. And if you're interested in controlling or even reversing your diabetes holistically, please reach out to Dr. Jelena Shaw. We have her email and her website there posted in the show notes for you. So please join me in welcoming Dr. Shaw to our When Spirit Calls podcast today. Oh, hello, everybody, and welcome back to When Spirit Calls. As per usual, I'm always super excited about my guests, and I intend to not know much about them before we get together because I love to learn as we go. And I often find that there's such brilliant pieces of knowledge and wisdom that come in that process. So we have the lovely Jelena Shaw here, as you've learned in the bio there. And first of all, welcome. I'm so happy we got connected. I am uh, divine timing is all I've got to say to that. Right? It's like spirit <laughs> was apparently calling us. Yes, you know? ma'am. Uh, yeah. You know, it's so neat because, you know, you and I got together kind of with a different intention. Yes. And then as you're sharing your a little bit about yourself with me, I'm like, oh my God, you would be such a perfect fit for when spirit calls. We better get you on here. So I love love how the universe always brings divine beings this way so that we can share our message and get our story out there. So speaking of the story, why don't you just get us right into things and share with our audience a little bit about your backstory and what you are up to these days? Yes, thank you um, for having me. Um, So I, my name is Dr. Jelena Shaw. I'm a clinical pharmacist and a holistic diabetes health coach. So I help people with type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes control their disease in a holistic way. So I try to avoid, you know, excessive amounts of medication or exercise, like excessive amounts of exercise that is strenuous or bad diets. And my big focus is to help people be the happiest and the healthiest versions of themselves without all the external stuff, like without just focusing on the diabetes, because we are whole people. So I try to take a holistic approach. I look at mindset and all of these things. And what even got me into this is my dad has diabetes. Mm. And I have several family members that also have diabetes and have suffered from complications from diabetes. I was 65 pounds heavier. And I walked into the doctor's office 
waiting for my lab results. She walks in and she is shaking her head. It is pure disappointment. And I could tell that something was not great. And she told me, she said, it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when you're getting diabetes. And it was, yeah, it was in that moment. Like my heart like was like a ton of bricks and it fell into my stomach. And I just, I felt so helpless. I felt so much shame. I felt so much guilt Mm. and I didn't know what to do. I felt overwhelmed. And I went to Dr. Google because Google (laughs) knows everything. Cause my, my (laughs) provider, she was just like, just eat healthier and work out and you're going to be fine. And, Mm. you know, so I did, I went to Dr. Google and I lost some weight by doing like a low fat diet and all these things that the internet tells you to do, but I wasn't getting the weight loss that I wanted. And it wasn't until I had a whole series of life events happen. You know, sometimes how life just like presents you with these crazy situations where it's like I was in a relationship that wasn't really fulfilling me and I didn't feel like I was a place in my life where I felt like I was growing. And I kept asking myself, I'm like, this is not the life I feel like I should be leading. Mm. And I don't have the body that I feel like I, I am supposed to, like, I don't feel outwardly how I feel inside. Ah, yes. And, um, you know, I'm carrying around this extra weight and it, it wasn't from a, it was not from a lack of trying. Let me tell you, I was working out two hours a day oh. and eating like 1200 calories. So at least I was like, in my opinion, I was like fat, but I was full <laughs> at this point. I'm like, I'm still fat and I am not full. I'm starving. Uh-huh. I, my heart was starving. My emotional state was starving. It was not only like my body was also starving. Yeah. So it's interesting because I started to, you know, divine timing. We talk about that. The universe brought someone into my life and she had just lost 60 pounds. And I was like, how did you do it? And she was like her mindset. And I, and that blew my mind. Mm. I'm like, you're not working out for like two hours a day. And she was like, eating the cheese, drinking the wine. And I'm like, who is this? So she's she's a friend of mine in book club. And she t- started to talk to me about how she did her weight loss through mindset. And I had just went, like I said, it went through this horrible breakup with a fiance. It was really, there was some betrayal on his behalf, like lies. And I was just in a place of transition. And you know how it is in transition. We are the most vulnerable then. So hopefully, oh, yes. you, you know, the universe will bring you what you need. And I needed that healing. And I met a life coach along the way. And I just started to work on my own mindset. And it helped. I started to lose the weight like that. I lost like 20 pounds in just a matter of a few months. I Because I started to realize like the weight I was carrying had it wasn't really because I wasn't doing the right things, quote unquote. It was because I was carrying a lot of emotional weight. Ah, isn't that brilliant? I love that you said that. And I'm going to pause there just to kind of, you know, go back on some of the points that you made. And I think it's really important. You said that, you know, your outer reflection wasn't accurate based on what you felt inside. Yeah. And I think a lot of us feel that way. Sometimes we feel, you know, I look at myself and I think I'm so young. I'm so young. I know that I'm not as young as I used to be. And I was talking to my parents the other day and they're like, oh, it doesn't go away. Ah. Like we still feel like we're in our twenties and they're in there pushing 70. Okay. And, but, but here's the interesting thing about that though. There is an opportunity for us to come into alignment 
And what you were saying is a little bit different than what I just described, because it was more about like, you feel like this human being that has the capacity to do all these things, but yet your physical appearance wasn't at all what you wanted it to be. It wasn't in alignment with who you were. A hundred percent. And that's, that's tied and that's connected to our mindset too, in a lot of ways. Yes. You knew, yeah, physically I wasn't in alignment, but also emotionally and mentally I wasn't in alignment. Right. You, nothing was aligned. Like, this is where I feel like why I was suffering so much. I felt like such a victim of circumstance over and over and over again, even though I, I know that I contributed to my, you know, being 65 pounds heavier. I knew what I was doing was wrong. I know that broccoli is healthier than cupcakes. You know, it's not like I didn't know that, but it's, it was also just trying to ease my emotional, you know, I didn't know how to deal with my feelings. I didn't know how to soothe myself. I was, I didn't know how to deal with all the discontentment that was residing in me and I didn't know how to fix it. Right. And it, it, and so in the process of trying to change my physical body, I ended up, what really happened was it was all the emotional stuff that actually changed. And then what manifested was a physical representation of, of that. Yes, of course. You know, I talk a lot of times with a lot of my clients who are struggling with weight because oftentimes they're carrying stuff that isn't even theirs. So, you know, we have been conditioned, especially in our parents' generations, it has been, okay, you, you pour into people and you carry everyone's stuff. Like you carry the worry of your children, you carry, you carry, you carry, because that's helping in some way. Yes. But there's a saying that I have, and it is, you can care without carrying. Yes. And that has become such a mantra for me because I realized too, how I was caring energetically. And you know, based on your own experience, Julina, that if you carry energetically, whether it's your own emotions, whether it's other people's emotions, doesn't matter. It's that we carry and then we stuff them away not allowing them to be released. And of course it's going to manifest physically, whether it's a weight gain or cancer or whatever it might be. Yes. It's going to manifest into something. And so I love that you're bringing this to the surface because most often when we start to peel back the layers, we start to begin to see this opportunity of really getting to the root cause. And yes. I feel like that's that's where you really step in. Yes, that's exactly it. And to your point, I had a life coach tell me, she said, why do you keep lighting yourself on fire to keep everyone around you warm? Ooh. And that hit in a different way because that's exactly when we carry the weight of every, it's lighting ourselves on fire. We are doing ourselves all the harm to keep everyone warm around us. And that that hit me in such a way that, you know, I was like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's not the way I want to live my life. So yeah, to that, I totally, I I agree. And I think it's like, we also know that we carry our issues in our tissues. You know, we know that scientifically we already know that stress is held in our body Mm. and it does manifest in, as in pain or depression, or it might show up as diabetes or cancer or weight. And you know, we are holding on to these things. So it's so important. It's like you said, to get to the root cause. And that's why when I work with people, they're like, well, you know, it's so personalized what I do. You know, I want to look at your personal obstacles and your personal struggles. Yes. I think, I think that's so important. And I love that, you know, why are you setting yourself on fire to keep others warm? And there is a bit of that 
that martyr energy, right? Like the self-sacrifice, mm-hmm. like, you know, go, go, go until I have nothing left and then I'll rest and then I'll do it all over again, you know? And that's been a cycle for me in my life. And I've watched pe- person after person do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe that there it requires some deprogramming, if you will, right? Unlearning, yes. unlearning, from our, our generations, from our ancestors, you know, that that is the way that we survive because that's not a way to live. And in fact, we, what we don't realize is that we, we are, we're shooting ourselves in the foot or we're lighting ourselves on fire to keep others warm. We don't realize the damage that does to us. And also the damage it does in showing our children that that's okay. And so I want to really bring that to the surface because I think it's time that we changed that. It's time for us to understand that we cannot, you know, continue to go on this way and expect to live long, healthy and happy lives. We need to unpack all the shit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the stuff that is not serving us that we haven't dealt with. Yeah, it can be a bit of an uncomfortable process. Like, you know, you were going through a major transition And it probably sucked in the moment. You probably suffered a bit in the moment, but boy, are you, are you so happy now as a result of that? I bet you are. I, this is the happiest I've ever been. And I am no stranger to suffering. Like, let me tell you whether I caused it myself or circumstances or whatever, I am no stranger to suffering. And, and yes, I am a lot happier on the other side of it, but The problem is, is a a lot of us, myself included, don't know that there's something on the other side of suffering. We see, we, we do everything we can do to avoid the suffering, not realizing that we're actually prolonging it. Yes. You know, and that's, that's the thing. I kind of liken it to, it's like, okay, like you picture a little bug and there's a light shining on the bug and you know, the, the shadow is so big Mm -hmm. and it's like your back is turned. You know, and you, it looks like there's this huge shadow over you and it's not until you turn around and you see that there's this little, it's just a little bug in a light. Yeah. But there's that moment where your suffering and your fear is probably the highest. And it's that moment that you're turning around. Yes. And I will tell you, I, I have started to learn that it's getting so much easier to turn around, to have that momentary moment, like a bandaid where it is, it's just super painful, but it's a lot quicker to deal with that. Rather than from running from a shadow yeah. where my back's always turned. Yeah. And living in that fear state. And, and, yes. you know, I believe that this is, this is a big shift that I'm noticing in all of humanity where people are starting to take their power back and recognize, Hey, wait a second, maybe this resisting this, this suffering is actually prolonging it versus yes. allowing yourself to move through it, to look at it, to hold space for whatever is coming, to love whatever it is that's coming for you, because it's coming to show you something, right? We don't have all the pieces of the puzzle, but yet we are so quick to say, oh, this is bad. Well, what if there's so much more to this story? Yes. I mean, here's the problem that I think there's, we have a difficult time surrendering because we are told by social media, the media, like just in general, we are conditioned. You're supposed to be happy and excited and joyful, like 80 to 90% of the time, at least. That is not the truth, <laughs> right? The truth is we are human beings with an entire 
like spectrum of emotions that range anywhere from being scared to being courageous, to being confident, to being insecure. And we will cycle through all of them at different times, at different needs. And we have to make it okay that if 50% of the time we're not okay, that we hold space for that. Like what you were saying, Yes, we've got, that's what needs to be normalized is that there are times where you're not going to be okay. And that's actually normal. And it's actually okay that you're not okay. Yeah. Right. Like it's coming to that place of recognizing that like we all go through it and and we see this all the time in the spiritual world too. spiritual hijacking, you Mm. know, like, Oh no, I'm, I'm good. I got this like positive thinking overload or whatever that is. Um, and so then we're not, we're not allowing that energy to move through us to do what it needs to do. It's there to show us and to teach us and to grow us if we let it, you know, I also compare it to, you know, a a child, because of course I've got children who are young still and, you know, a child tugging on their mom or dad and they're saying, mom, mom, mom. And then they get louder and louder. And then they're climbing on their parents say, mom, I'm right here. This is what our emotions do. Yeah. And so they keep poking at us and keep poking at us. And we wonder, why am I going through this again? Or why is yes. this again? It's like, okay, we might need to look at this a little more closely here yes. and see what really is going on underneath. And well, like you said, it's oftentimes once you start looking, it's a tiny bug. It's not this big monster. Mm-hmm. It's actually a lot smaller than we think. And once we are aware of it, oh my God, it's like magic. It's like we've alchemized that energy and that emotion becomes gratitude or appreciation instead of anger, resentment, whatever else it might've been. So the magic that can take place if we allow ourselves that minute. A hundred percent. Like we, you know, I think of my shadow selves as like the I don't know, like those horror movies, like the kids under the stairs. Like I think of that shadow side of myself as like the little kid. And and I keep going into the basement to make sure that that person's still there. Cause I was like, are you still there? Yeah. Okay. I don't like that part of me. So I'm going to go ahead and shut the door again and come upstairs. Sure. You're still there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But the problem is with, with that version of me that's living under the stairs is it cannot help itself, but to come up. Right. And, and it's, it is like, you're going to have to open the front door, tell it to take a seat. Tell it, offer it some tea and sit there for a minute, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, those are the things that I have to, that I'm working on, like that I've been working through is like, okay, well, you know, I don't, I don't like this other version of me. I don't like when I show up this way, but what's happening underneath that? Like, what's the story yeah. behind all of that? What's the narrative that's coming? And, you know, and then, and giving that side of me compassion, Yes. I mean, that side of me, some understanding, because when I think about the story, which is like, I'm not enough or I'm alone. And I think about, OK, well, that that's not 41 ver- year version of me. That's that's like five year old version of me, yeah. you know, who's pretending to be this shot. And I'm like, why am I scared of a five year old? Like, <laughs> yeah. cute, sweet, innocent. Yeah. But you yeah. know, again, like you said, you went, you talked about conditioning and, and, you know, we've, we've conditioned ourselves the, you know, the programming, our parents, the schools, everything is conditioned yeah. us in a certain way. And we're not pointing blame here, but what we can become aware of is that there's a lot of untruths that mm-hmm. show up in our history. Oh, and, yeah. and if we can start to recognize that there's some untruths in there, 
that these stories aren't real, that these stories maybe are made up, that there's some lies involved in those stories, then we start to, again, we move ourselves into this really powerful position. And I think, I think that's what we are inviting people to do now. And that's why people like you are so important because you're stepping into that truth and continuing to still uncover deeper truths at the same time. But you're allowing people to come and say, oh, there's not something wrong with me. Let's just look at some of these other layers to see what really is going on here. And I think, you know, we get caught up in the guilt and shame, you know, guilt and shame, like, okay, I'm not perfectly healthy. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've got some addictions. Okay. I like food. Okay. I'm using that as a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. And, and we, and we then sit in that cesspool, which isn't helping us either. And so Mm -hmm. the way that I see you is actually this beacon of light, pulling people out of the dark hole to say, no, no, it doesn't have to be that way. And you know, we can understand our guilt and shame in a whole different way when we've got somebody like you in the corner saying, wait a second. (laughs) Thank you. you. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, someone said this to me and I think this is so true. It's like holding a vision of someone's health and happiness until they're able to hold it for themselves. Mm -hmm. I can hold that for you until you are ready to be on your feet. You know, I, and I, I'm doing this for my own experience. I had to have someone hold that for me. Yeah. You know, um, when I was in, I did, I went to Bali because during this time of transition, you know, I did, I did like an eat, pray, love thing. Yeah. Without I was just knowing. Say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I went to Bali to do this yoga teacher training. I had left my job of nine years and I went there and I traveled all alone, which is the first time I've done anything like that. And we had a day of doing handstands. So I'm with this same group of people. We're two weeks into this program and um, we're learning how to do handstands. We get partnered up and my foot slips while I'm holding up somebody doing the handstand, the yoga mat slips and poor thing. She falls and she hits her head. Now she's crying because she hit her head and she's upset, which is understandable. And, you know, I remember in that moment, I was like, who the do you think you are? Why do you think you're here? Why do you deserve to be here? Who who are you to be here? See, this is exactly why you shouldn't be here. Uh-huh. You better not cry. She's the one who deserves to cry because she's actually got hurt. You shouldn't be standing here crying, feeling sorry for yourself. What are you doing? And I remember I had to go run and get her ice. And I was so mean. I was so mean to myself. I, I was berating myself. And I come back and I give her the ice and the class is over. Oh, this makes me emotional now. Mm-hmm. And someone came up to me and they were like, well, you know, how how are you? And I was like, I'm fine. I'm like, you shouldn't be worried about me. And then there's only 12 of us in the class. And I remember like nine of them came up to me, including the girl whose poor head would fallen on her head where I dropped. And she said to me, she said, I'm going to need you to, to forgive yourself because I've already forgiven you. Mm. And to that, I was like, I hadn't even known these people existed two weeks prior to that. And they had more compassion for me than I did. And I had known myself my entire life. And that's what I talk about. When you have a group of people that can hold you up mm-hmm. or anyone to hold you up when you can't do it yourself. Sorry. No, I, I'm, I'm tearing up too because <laughs> just I, like, 
was such a big moment. Such a big moment. And I, I give props to those people in your crew that recognize that you were struggling and you were beating yourself up, even though you were like, no, I'm fine. Yeah. (laughs) Good for them. And how many of us can't have that compassion for ourselves. I believe if we really want to create a compassionate world, we better start having compassion for ourselves. That's it has to start there. It has to. It has to. How can you have the capacity to have that for someone else when you don't have it for even yourself? Because let me tell you, when you put the standards for yourself so high, it's hard for me to believe that you don't, that doesn't get projected onto other people. Right. Right. You know, and as I started to soften to myself, let me tell you, I started to soften to other people. As I started to heal myself, I had a better understanding of what other people were going through. Like, It was so funny to me because I felt like I never, like, I always felt so misunderstood. But when I took the time to understand myself, it's so funny because then I felt like the world around me changed. It was like magic because then people started to understand me too. Like, yeah. Oh, it's so brilliant. Um, Okay. So, you know, now you're helping, you know, people who have diabetes and are struggling with this. It's kind of come full circle for you. And, um, I'd love to know, you know, what are, so that, that what you just shared was really a moment when spirit called you, you know, there's no doubt that spirit was involved in that process of recognizing, oh my God, like I'm beating myself up here and how can I have compassion for others if I can't have it for myself? So that in, in essence was an aha, but what was it for you that said, I need to help people with diabetes? Um, I know your dad had it, but yes, a moment there. And I want to know what was that moment where you're just like, oh my God, this is it. I think it was. So, you know, I kind of fell into this job of helping people with diabetes. I helped people with diabetes prior to this, but my last job, it was nothing but people with really uncontrolled diabetes. And I remember thinking, you know, I was doing my pharmacist thing because I really just wanted to talk about the drugs, like just, you know, dose the insulin. And I was like, you know, I've, I've lost all this weight. I wonder if any of these little tidbits I have will help. And I started to feed this information to particularly this one woman. And she was li- like eating up the information. She was like, give me more. And she was coming back week after week with her mood improved. And I was like, this woman feels like she's transforming, like who she was like weeks before. Let me tell you, by the end of this, she was uncontrolled. She went down to almost pre-diabetic levels in two to three months, had lost between like a little over 30 pounds and was doing three mile hikes. She was doing none of this before. And for me and for the way like she started crying when she's on the phone with me, I was crying. But also there was a translator that translator was crying like we it was just such a big moment. I'm a crier, guys. Yeah. I'm yeah not gonna, I, I would you. say I'm sorry, but I'm not going to apologize. No, no, it's just who I am. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it was such a big moment for me to see that the work here is that, like, maybe conventional medicine is approaching this all wrong. And maybe there is something to be said that we need to address all parts of us. Mm. all parts of us, the social, the psychological, the mental, and not just the biological aspect. Mm. Because when we start treating people as like full people, it was like a light bulb went on. And I was like, oh my gosh, like everyone, I would want to feel that way too. I want to, I want to feel like I'm held and and appreciated and a person and not a number. 
And I was like, wow, if I treat people this way, let's see what happens. And then I just started doing it. And let me tell you, the amount of people that left that program, it like they were just different people by the time it was over in such the most beautiful way to bear witness to something like that. It's a gift. Yeah, that the universe has has allowed me to be a part of. So whatever I can do to get that feeling, it's kind of like that's my new drug addiction, guys. <laughs> it's like bearing witness to these other people's journey. Isn't that the best? Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh, it is so fulfilling. And you know, yes. it's so wonderful that you had the validation that you were on the right track. And yeah. that, that woman showed up for you because yes. really what a gift in itself to say, hey, there's so much more to this. Yeah. And there's a way to think outside of this that's going to help people in a whole different way. How awesome. Yeah. So, you know, Dr. Shaw, there's obviously you've got some golden nuggets experience. <laughs> um, and I know we went on a couple tangents today, which, you know, is glorious and wonderful. <laughs> if, you, if you had a couple of takeaways for people who maybe they're, maybe they're struggling with their health. Maybe it's mental, maybe it's physical. What are some things that, that you might want to share that could help to, you know, turn the page for them or switch the dial a little bit? Oh, I love this question. Um, a couple of things. One is it's never too late. Mm. It is never too late to change the trajectory of your life. Like I changed my entire life. I moved from Colorado to California, April of 2020, because my soul was calling me to California. It's never too late to change the trajectory. I always wanted to live out here and I made it happen. And I quit my job and I'm like, I'm in my forties now. So it's never too late. Like it doesn't matter what the path is. You can always stop and, and get back into the driver's seat, you know? So that's, that's like one thing. And, and never like be scared of having the, like of the niggle. Like, I think there are, there are times in our lives where something's like, that's the thing about intuition and spirit. It's not very loud. Sometimes, sometimes it will hit you over the head. And, right. Spiritual you know. two by four. Yeah. Yes. But, but oftentimes you're right. It's just a little niggle. It's a little poking. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes it can be hard to see. Yes. It's easy to ignore. Yes. So easy to ignore that moment where it's like, you know, this might be a good idea. Maybe you should give this a try. Maybe this isn't the way it should be. And instead of ignoring it, because it is so much more convenient to ignore the niggle. It is. It is so much more convenient. (laughs) But inconvenience yourself a little bit. Yeah. And maybe listen and maybe think about like the what if about it. Get imaginative with the what if, because mm-hmm. I think that's, that to me is like, that's where all the possibilities open. Cause mine was like, what if I go ahead and move to California? You know, what, what if I take this job working with people with diabetes? What if I quit this job that I hate <laughs> to open my own business? Yeah. What, it, you know, and let me tell you, yes, there's always a possibility that things may not go the way that we expected. But there's also like, it could be bad, but it could be great. Like we, we always go like in a protection mode, like, oh, it's going to be terrible. But what if it could be better than you expected? Right. What if it could be so much more? I love that. I love that. You know, it's really interesting. You, you mentioned like, yeah, those little pokes, those little niggles, you know, it can be inconvenient. 
And I think that is, that's important to bring to the surface because I think a lot of times we're like, oh no, that's, Mm -hmm. I've been doing it this way. So I, I should just keep doing this, you know? And the more that we push back on that, the louder that poking will get of yes. until it shows up physically and yes. we get the spiritual two by four, right? Yes. But what if we didn't have to get the spiritual two by four? How much suffering would you well, save yourself? Right. That's exactly it. How I, much suffering would you save yourself? It's yeah. also like, I liken it also here. I'm a big metaphor person, but I liken it to like, being in the ocean, and if you fight against the current, you resist and you fight against, how tired do your arms get? What happens when you just let go and let the current take you? Yeah. You know, so sometimes we got to stop fighting against the current. Sometimes yeah. we just got to, and I'm not saying lie down and surrender and don't do anything with your life, but sometimes it's it's better to accept where things are and see, like, like kind of just kind of get in there. Yeah. You know? I agree. I agree. Be that, let that water flow, you know, be yes. water and allow yourself to just see what, what it brings. You know, yes. I, I'm a big advocate for curiosity, right? Yeah. And I think that's really what you're saying. What if use your imagination, mm-hmm. be curious about what the possibilities could be instead of resisting whatever it is that is, you know, showing up for you It's showing up for a reason right? Yes. And it's that resistance that that resistance is what causes the exhaustion and the depression and all of those and the suffering. The yep. Suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it, <laughs> I feel like we could like talk forever about this. I love that advice. Um, you know, what if, what if, what if, and mm-hmm. you're right in that we are conditioned to look for the bad stuff. You know, if we think back to our caveman times, you know, it was like, where are the predators? Where are the, Mm -hmm. you know, where are the hazards? That was what we're conditioned. It's part of our nature to look for hazards. However, over time, our ego minds have lost its way or their way. And, you know, I've got a friend calls her the itty bitty shitty committee. Another friend calls her George. I'm like, why is it a male name? She's like, it's definitely a male. (laughs) Masculine energy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, In her mind for sure. Right. And so, but we have these aspects of ourselves that we don't have to let them run the show. And I think that's part of your work is showing people that it's not extrinsic of you. And it's also not your fear center, your ego aspect of your mind, your logical mind, that you can actually override that. And you can actually build relationship with that ego aspect to put it in its place so that it's not keeping you in the cesspool of fear or guilt or shame or whatever it is that's keeping you. I would say even make friends with it. Yes, that's exactly it. Yes. It's here to protect you. It It is. I think that her name is Sonia and I cannot remember her last name, but she's this big intuition person. And anyway, she talks about viewing your ego like a dog Mm. and it's a barking dog. And I think she's so right about that. Like comparison, because if we be friends, listen, I love my dog, but you know, if he's barking all the time, you kind of have to soothe it and be like, listen, buddy, I hear you. The FedEx man is not dangerous. We are good. Thank you for the warning. And then you just move forward. Yes. You have to do with your ego. It's true. It's exactly it. Befriend the ego, you know, Mm -hmm. build relationship to the aspects of your being 
you know, and once we start to build relationship with their ego and relationship with their gifts and relationship with all of that, we are, oh, then that's where we kind of, we figured something out there. That's one of the keys I would say. That's thriving. Yeah. That, That is actual thriving. Let me tell you, when I started to lean into what my gifts were, you know, because people, you know, they'll, and people are going to always, they have their own insecurities. So they're going to put things there. I had people tell me like, why are you quitting your job? You know, like, what, what are you going to do? You know what? I'm not sure, but this feels right for me. <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell you right now, I could not be happier with where I'm at. Brilliant. And, you know, I hope someone out there is like, it's the same thing. It's like, it took me listening to other people's stories and other people's courageous movements for me to make you know, a step in that direction because it, it's outside of what we're taught, yeah. which is maybe if I don't stay in the line, maybe if I break out of the box, like maybe I won't die. <laughs> maybe something will happen. That's great. And that's, you know, back to that curiosity, you know, it's, it's just doing all that stuff. I love it. I love it. And I, oh, my, I commend you on allowing yourself to live courageously. Because so many of us get stuck in the jobs or in the life that is robbing them of living. Yes. Right? And so they're just going through the motions and they get stuck in that rut and that belief system. And so many people are. And that's okay. Yes. But eventually, eventually it catches up with you. No matter how you do it, it catches up with you eventually. It does. I think our invitation here is really for people to do a check-in. Like, are you really living your best life? Are you really doing what you're being called to do? And if you're not, it might be worth taking a leap. And yeah, here's my other thing. I'll tell you, when you're living courageously, you never feel courageous. You just always feel afraid. (laughs) (laughs) A little secret there, by the way, you'll still be freaking scared shitless. Okay. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm like, oh, I was so brave. You know, what was going through my head was an entire shit storm of, oh my God, this is so scary. Oh my God. I'm going to have no friends when I move. Oh my God. Like, what am I going to do for money? Oh my God. What am I going to do for benefits? Oh yes. That's what's running through my head. Now that sounds terrible, but I will tell you also this, the other things that go through my head is, oh my God, what a beautiful, wonderful experience this is. Oh my God. I get to wake up and do the things that I want to do. I'm not on someone else's schedule. You know, like, so we don't get up thinking we're going to be courageous and we often don't even view it as courageous. It takes, at least for me, for someone else to come and be like, wow, that was so brave that you went and did that by yourself. Because in my head, I'm like, I was scared. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, courage is is having the fear and doing it anyway. Yes, ma'am. So there we go. Yes. Fear and do it anyway, you know. Providing that it's not life or death, you guys. Okay. I just right, like right. a little caveat there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like she said on the podcast that I should jump off the cliff and I did. No, and no. yeah, no. no. That's <laughs> okay. Maybe figuratively. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, but anyways, oh my gosh. Like I said, we could keep this going. I know I tried to wrap up and it just it went on in this another <laughs> ramble, but I've just loved spending this time with you. It's been so much fun and I am so inspired by you and the work that you're doing. And I hope others are inspired as well. And so where can people find you? If you, you know, if someone's struggling with diabetes or they know people who are, or they're concerned about it, how can they reach you and 
what can we leave them with? Yes. Um, I offer a one hour free session just for a strategy session for the, we probably all have, you know, obstacles, but we can work on one specific obstacle in an hour to try to help you. And I offer that with anyone that has prediabetes or type two diabetes, you can find me on and schedule it through the website, um, which is jlinashawconsulting.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at jlinashawconsulting. You know, you can email me. All of those things are available through the website or um, through Instagram or Facebook. So that's amazing. And so we're going to put that in the show notes, make sure that everyone has access to that information on the podcast as well. So folks, I hope you've loved listening in today. I know I've really enjoyed my time here. I hope you have as well. Dr. Jelena Shaw, thank you so much for being with us today. Ah, Thank you. Oh, it's been so great. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Can't wait to be with you again next time. Bye for now. So happy you could join us today. And we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, please join me at rosehope.ca And when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.